This is CNT Talk. Every week, two friends debate the issues of the ages as we agree to disagree. It's never politically correct, but it's always entertaining. Join us tonight so you can sound knowledgeable at work tomorrow. We're smacking you upside the head with the hammer of truth. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello. Welcome back to our show. I was gone last week. I was uh, planning the regional office in Dallas, so thankfully that all went well. The regional podcast office? The regional podcast wow, office. Wow, we're expanding to Dallas? I don't think it's going to work out, but no? I was there. It, it, was, it was interesting. But while I was away, we got a voicemail. Now, Tony hasn't heard this voicemail, but I think he'll know what Well, it's I think about. I know who this is. So. I think you do, uh, but I'm going to play it for the audience and then get your reaction to the uh, caller. Hi, this is Jesse. Um, I'm actually Anthony's sister. I listen to your podcast all the time. I know everybody refers to him as <laughs> yes. Tony. Uh, I had to call in regarding your last podcast because of this whole thing with Dr. Ford and women, and she should be believed. And I consider myself a relatively intelligent woman, been in the work world, single mom, have a son who's young. And I just want to speak out and see if there's other women that even call into the show. I'm a little frustrated that any media source or most people that you talk to are saying that, you know, I found her credible. I found her to be believable. And I have to say, as a female and a mother and someone who thinks that I, I read women relatively well, I I did not find a witch of her or even her actions, how she carried herself, what she wore, all things that you guys went over um, in the podcast. I don't understand. There's got to be a lot of women out there who think the way that I do, I would think. And it's it's driving me insane that the media keeps saying, well, she has to, okay, she's emotional. That's great. But there is no factual evidence, as I know you guys have pointed out at nauseum, to her story. So I just want to put that out there and see if there's any other women listening to your podcast that say the same thing. Uh, but it's truly frustrating to see what's portrayed in the media uh, because I think there's a lot of women who are educated women. I think if we're educated, especially if we're females, that somehow we're supposed to be liberal, leftist, and yay, woman power. You can be a strong woman, but I don't identify myself with the same definition of what a strong female is as they do. So I just figured I'd throw that out there, see what you guys thought. And uh, thanks so much for the podcast. I love it. Every time I travel, I listen to it. And I'm usually laughing out loud because you guys do a great job. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you, Jesse. She seems like a very intelligent woman to me. uh, I I did not plan that. Uh, I had no idea that she was calling I figured you didn't know that, yes. So that was a little like intra-family infomercial. Uh, Did you... I've talked to other women. I haven't... Nobody else has called in, but I have talked to other women about this, and they feel the same way that at least the ones I've talked to, that just you can't mass-identify every woman simply because they happen to be women. Well, I think, and look, my sister is very smart, um, but I do think if I was, that is one of the things, this sort of condescending way that they assume, just like they assume with African Americans, right? Mm -hmm. You are expected to think in a certain way. All women are supportive of abortion. Apparently. Right? Apparently, all yes. women <laughs> obviously believe that Brett Kavanaugh is a rapist and a sexual predator because you're not part of the sisterhood if you don't. And so it's this very infantilizing idea, again, because they just lump everyone into a group. And then if you don't agree 
well, you're, you're cast, you're cast out. You're not actually a real woman. You've been, you know, you're either too stupid or your man, your caveman (laughs) that drags you you by the hair into the kitchen (laughs) has told you what to think. And so it's amazing to me that they get away with this. Well, and I think what they're going to find is there are a ton of women who maybe are not being pulled out there in flyover country who watch this, who have husbands, who have sons, who are thinking to themselves, this is atrocious. Yes, it is. I don't support this. It is. Why is this... Why is this supportive of women? In fact, I would argue it diminishes legitimate claims, Mm -hmm. which do exist, of course, of women who have actually been raped Mm -hmm. and actually been sexually assaulted when the command is, you must believe everyone, no matter how facially absurd and contradictory this person's story is. That just diminishes the person who comes forward who actually has corroborating evidence and does have medical records and does have witnesses who say, a day later, she, she was busted up and she came to me and said this, you minimize the entire movement. They don't seem to recognize this. Well, I think they're using the women for their purposes, unfortunately, and I think Dr. Ford is one of those women, whether she was complicit in the being used or she was just naive and being used, I don't know, but she was used for a political purpose. And if you've noticed, since the confirmation, you really haven't heard a whole lot about Dr. Ford. Well, of course not. They she's don't want, gone. She's disappeared. Well, th- she served her function. It yeah. didn't work. And by the way, they don't want any further probing no, of her because no. the more that goes on, the worse it's going to get, <laughs> right? Heard, you haven't heard any more? No more people have come forward. Nothing. It's just like it disappeared. He's confirmed. People protested the day it happened and that's right. it. The, the mudslinging operation when moves on to the next town, the next... Uh, the next person that we have to demonize and destroy. Exactly. So I want to read some headlines, okay? These are directed at Brett Kavanaugh, so let me, let me ex- explain that. So a writer on the CBS Late Show. Oh. Um, yeah, she... Wait, wait, the Late Show with Craig Ferguson? No, he's not there anymore. Oh, so uh, I, I don't Steve, watch CBS, so I have the, no idea. Um, let's see here. I don't know who it is. Stephen Colbert. Oh, no. it's Col- oh, Colbert, okay. So this is uh, Ariel Dumas... This is what she put on Twitter. Whatever happens, I'm just glad we ruined Brett Kavanaugh's life. Yeah. Whatever happens, I'm just glad we ruined Brett Kavanaugh's life. Well, at least life. I gave her points for honesty. She was honest, but she's still employed. Uh, let's see. Well, I'm assuming she got a special she probably plaque. got a special commendation at yes. the Colbert Show. Uh, this is from USA Today. Witches plan to hex Brett Kavanaugh using effigies, coffin nails, graveyard dirt, and more. That's in the USA Today. That's an actual story that they thought was fit to print. We're going to hex Brett Kavanaugh. <laughs> well, okay. it's, it is, it's factual. Well, it's I factual. mean, again, it's interesting. It's uh, I ludicrous, guess but that's the, okay. The credibility of witches seems to fluctuate depending on, uh, well, who was it? The Christine O'Donnell. Remember, she was a Republican candidate for Congress who got tied. She was uh, supportive of the wrong kind of witches. So... Uh, this is a couple other things. Political violence comes to Minnesota. A yep. Minnesota DFL staffer has been suspended from his job after suggesting in a social media post that Republicans face beheading after the number six election. Well, beheading. not real beheading. In an earlier statement, they said this was an inside joke among former coworkers. How is beheading an inside well, joke that has some other meaning? Look, honestly, that kind of stuff it doesn't really bother me at all. What what should be pointed out, of course, is that, as usual, if the script was flipped 
And this was, you know, the Tea Party militia mm. talking about beheading, uh, you know, whoever, someone that worked for a Democratic administration. Well, then, you know, the dark night of the apocalypse would have fallen and they would be plastering this, you know, on page one for a month. Two, two um, state Republicans have been assaulted in Minnesota. Yep. Recovering from concussion. There's also the teacher who I think I was has been suspended who says, who's going to step up and kill Kavanaugh? A Rosemont special education teacher is placed on paid administrative leave after posting tweets Saturday that appeared to call for the killing of new U.S. Supreme no, Court. No, no, and I love that. Brett uh, appeared. appeared to? Read yes. what it said. So who's going to take one for the team and kill Kavanaugh? <laughs> It appeared to call for the killing, or it actually what called else, for the killing. What else could it appear to have called for? I'm not sure, because it <laughs> seems pretty clear in her statement. Now, she had pink hair, so she was easily identifiable. It didn't take long for people to figure out. Who's going to take one for the team and kill Kavanaugh? Uh-huh. They want to kill him, hex him, glad to ruin his life, and beat up anybody or behead Republicans because they vote Republican. But none of this is surprising. It's do, not do surprising. You remember, do you remember Harry Reid when he lied about Mitt Romney's taxes? Do you remember that? When he I said do. Mitt Romney had paid no taxes, and then of course Romney produced his tax returns, he paid you know Shockingly. millions and Shockingly millions of dollars. Paid taxes just and like so us. somebody asked him, "Well, you know, you, you Harry, you, you said he didn't pay taxes, and that wasn't true. Do you, you know, do you have any regrets about that?" And what was? Do you remember what his response was? None. I don't remember the exact words. No, his response was. He didn't win, did he? <laughs> so I mean, that perfectly that, that perfectly encapsulates. You know, now so in this situation with Kavanaugh. It didn't work because he yeah. did get on the court. But yeah. if you had asked them, and he hadn't been on, aren't you ashamed of? Well, he didn't get on the court, did he? Like no. that's the only that's the no. only goal. Steve Sc- Steve Scalise lived through the attack, but it wasn't because somebody didn't try to kill him. You yeah, know? Bernie bro. Yeah, it's unbelievable. So I want to play this clip. Um, bear with me for this, and then we're going to talk about afterwards. Wait, who's who's this? It's a super a surprise. Clip. Oh, it's a super clip. Okay, good. Where do we go now? Where do we go? Where do we go? Where do we go? Where do we go now? Where do we go? Where do we go? Can't go wrong with that. Where do we go now? Is that just beyond the vicious partisan rancor that is going on beyond the accusations. We don't lose sight of what this moral moment is about in this country. Boy, y'all want power. God, I hope you never get it. Question, is this the right person to sit on the highest court in the land for a lifetime appointment? Boy, y'all want power. God, I hope you never get it. When their credibility has been challenged by intimates, people that knew the candidate well as a classmate. Boy, y'all want power. God, I hope you never get it. When his temperament has been revealed in an emotional moment where he used language that, that frankly shocked a lot of us. Boy, y'all want power. God, I hope you never get it. And then ultimately, not whether he's innocent or guilty, this is not a trial, but ultimately. Boy, y'all want power. God, I hope you never get it. Has enough questions be raised that we should not move on to another candidate? And that long list put together by the Heritage Foundation and the Federalist Society, move on to another candidate because ultimately the Supreme Court is not an entitlement. Just because you went to Yale or were president of your class doesn't entitle you to the Supreme Court. This is a sacred institution. And the people that should be on it, whether you disagree with their political or judicial philosophy at all, the people who should be on the Supreme Court should preserve the integrity of the court 
and be beyond the reproach of these difficult partisan times. Boy, y'all want power. God, I hope you never get it. So if you didn't know, so that, that was, was that Guns N' uh, Roses, uh, Sweet Child of Mine, uh, Corey Booker. T-Bone. T-Bone. Uh, basically lying through his teeth through a, a minute and a half segment and interjected with uh, Lindsey Graham to remind Presidential you. candidate T-Bone. <laughs> so I was certainly shocked by this moral moment. Uh, like Cory Booker would know what moral meant. I'm not really even sure he knows what that is. Uh, that he would actually go to the Heritage Foundation right. federal papers. That was my that's my favorite part. Hey, look, if you just you know <laughs> if you give us another person on that list, we'll gladly we'll yes, gladly pass yes. them through. I'm sure we just everybody. Only, on that we're list. only opposing Kavanaugh. Yes, yes. I'm sure those people on that list are people you would right. readily get get behind. Now, Dick Durbin was standing behind from the whole clip, scowling. So we always said that visual. If you can think of Dick Durbin scowling and Cory Booker basically lying through the entire press conference. So the- I, I also like the part about, um, well, you know, uh, he, uh, his temperament. Uh, yes. now, now, now that we've uh, slimed him <laughs> yes. for, you know, in public, How dare he him be of being a sexual day. predator. It's very disturbing that he's, uh, now that we've punched him Much. in the face 17 times, he's, he's somewhat agitated. And frankly, it was, it was a shocking yes. moment. Yes. Shocking language. Shocking language. What, what yes. language was that? Was it from the questions you guys asked no. or was it from his response well, to not being happy? He was, he was partisan. <gasps> he, you don't call out sitting senators. Why not? I, well, because, because that's, don't you know who they are? Are they are they higher on the pecking order than him? I, uh, yes. I think the judges are an equal representation of government, right? They're well, not listen, below when, the when, senators. When Cory Booker is done, you know, serving his day in the Senate, he goes into some platonic cave and contemplates the greater yes. moral virtues. That's what, what he what does. What T Bone story can I cook up this time? Right. I am Spartacus. So all that happened, and you could tell from the the beginning. Where do we go from here? So the confirmation was fifty to. Was it yeah fifty to forty eight? That's yeah, but that's because um, one was missing. Yeah, but yeah. I, it was a two Mur- vote. Murkowski, two vote. I think, should be fearful for her seat. Well, sure, she should, and she rightly so. She said nay, and then changed it to present in in honor of the guy from Montana who couldn't be there. That is not going to fly in Alaska. I'm sorry, you can't say present, and, and well, I'm, not, offe- and I'm only, offended by that. I'm again, offended by that. Not only does she. Here's the thing. It's not that she said no. It's that she had no articulable reason for saying no. She None. literally said, I think Brett Kavanaugh is a good man. She raised no objections to his jurisprudence. Okay, I've right. always said, look, if you're a Democrat, you are a living constitutionalist. You don't want this guy on the court. Now, we can have a separate debate about whether it's a legitimate a criterion to say you have to pass an ideological litmus test that never used to be the case, right. but it's the times we're in now. So fine. If you're a Democrat, you want a, a person to be on notorious RBG's posse. He's not going to be it. We know you're voting against him. She doesn't have None. any intelligible basis for his jurisprudence. She then says he's a good man, which clearly means I don't believe her because you can't say I think Brett Kavanaugh is a good man at the same time saying <laughs> I believe Dr. Ford, but he's just not the right person for the court mm-hmm. now. What a bunch of craven gibberish that is. Vote her Look, out. Vote her out, Alaska. I would have respected her more if she said, I believe Dr. Ford. I think he is a preppy serial assaulter. Yeah. Attorney Avenetti's presentation was very compelling. I believed his witness. <laughs> Whatever she's going to say, say it. 
And she even said, I think, I actually hadn't decided this until the moment I just stepped up to this microphone. Oh, well, first of all, if that's true, <laughs> you shouldn't that doesn't speak very well of you either, no. Senator. Now, here's where I'm offended. The job of a senator or representative is to vote yay or nay. This mealy mouth present does not work for me. I'm sorry. Put it on record. If you don't want him, say well, nay. No, wait, but here's the thing. You can't criticize her for that because the only reason she did that was so that she could set off against the senator. It, it wasn't she voted present. I mean, she did that for a specific reason. Then why didn't she just say nay what she said first? Because then it changes the vote. 50 to 49. Yeah. Still confirmed. Look, she... I, I don't have a problem 50, with that. 50-50 would have been She confirmed. stepped up and said she was a no. So everyone okay. knows she was a no. Well, I, I, I just offended that you can't stand up for your convictions, and she, she had no rational reason not to vote for him other than she's scared. She's a coward to me. From a Republican standpoint, I think she's a coward. Well, she... she Sorry. Well, first of all, she's always been, you know, a squishy invertebrate on, on many of these things. And she, yeah, she caved to... Listen... I think we said this before. I give Susan Collins, not exactly my favorite senator, <laughs> she deserves a tremendous amount of credit. Number one, that was one of the best speeches mm -hmm. uh, that I've ever heard in the Senate, just in terms of its substance. This is what senators are supposed to do. How about we, instead of talking about the uh, the party in your in your high school calendar, what is boofing? No, no, she <laughs> she reviewed... His jurisprudence, she seemed to have actually read some of his opinions. Shocking, right? Gee, that's amazing. <laughs> she then went through the evidence, or should I, should I say the lack thereof, that was presented relating to Dr. Ford. That's what you're supposed to do, right? A rational, judicious assessment of the facts, and then you come down where you may. Nobody on the Democratic side did anything of the sort. They never intended to. And she did this while getting threatened people at her house. Apparently, I, I saw recently they, the hazmat team was there. She just got sent some, some letter that apparently has some kind of potential toxin in it. I mean, these people are insane. They, they well, really are. Yeah. So Beheading. for Susan Collins to stand up and do that yeah. under that kind of pressure while you see Mr. Flake getting a quivery lip as the two Soros activists confront him, um, all, all and he voted for he voted for him as well. I'm surprised he felt much. Well, the irony the of that is, I think we said as well, is that that actually turned out to work very much in the favor of Kavanaugh. I was concerned because I wasn't confident that the Republicans would be able to put a limit on the investigation because it would have been, we need another two weeks. Right. We need a Mars probe. We need we need someone to talk to his high school, you know, his elementary school teachers. It actually hurt the Democrats because all it did is reconfirm there's nothing, yes. nothing there Yes, over for the over seventh again. investigation. For the seventh time. We didn't get enough. Well, you were never going to get any more, and you knew that when you asked for it. You knew when you were pro producing it. They just wanted to delay. So we got, he's confirmed. I feel like there's a little air let out of the Republican side of things right now. I don't. I don't at all. I hope not. No, I, I don't. Why because, do you feel that? Is well- that, because I think everyone was fired up. I think people, legitimate people said, I don't believe Dr. Ford, and I think this is a witch hunt against Brett Kavanaugh. And then once he got confirmed, it like, okay, we got we got to win. We got See, to I, I disagree. Because I hope you're right. That's my I don't concern. think there's any air let out because, the yes, it's, it's great that he's on the court, but the more important thing is they got a good look at who these people are. Yes. So that's not going away. Okay. With anyone who watched those hearings mm -hmm. with a a fair-minded view 
to the evidence that was presented and also the things, remember, you now have, I, I can't say this enough because this has never happened in our history. You have one, the leadership of one of the political parties in this country who are openly saying, we don't care about presumptions of innocence. You heard Cory Booker. We don't, don't care about, about innocent and, or guilty. Don't give me this ridiculous sophistry about this is not a trial. Yes, this is the bit, well, even if it isn't, it's, it's a job interview? Uh, no, I don't think so. In, uh, under oath, in front of the nation? No, it's not. But the point is, is that these fundamental bedrock principles of our system of law don't just disappear because you're not in court. And these people have openly advocated for trial by ordeal and all that is necessary. In fact, Booker said it right there. Enough things have been raised. What has been raised? An accusation uncorroborated from 36 years ago, that to them is sufficient to destroy him. That's it. That's all it takes, and he has to prove a negative yeah. that he's innocent. That is the approach now of the Democratic Party. That is what they want enshrined as essentially the way America works. That is not an American system of justice. No. no. Put, put the reverse on that. This is 36 years ago for Brett Kavanaugh, accusation. Not proven, no factual basis in anything. There were actual facts with Paula Jones, Renita Broderick, and others against Bill Clinton. Much shorter time frame. And that we were told, nothing here, don't worry about it. It's man's sexual preference. You, you, can't, you can't look at this guy this way. You know, Hillary Clinton comes out this week and said, Bill did not abuse his power over Monica Lewinsky. Remember, he was the president of the United States, and she was an intern. I think that's, that is abuse of power right there, whether you like it or not. Did she do it willingly? Yes, she was an adult. I think she, com she was complicit. But he still abused his position to get what he wanted, whether you like it or not. This is, Hillary has no standing, and she never has for me, because she... She never takes well, the I, side of anybody. I want her. I want her to keep talking. I, well, I want no, her keep talking. I want her to Great. continue on. They're doing their Clinton tour now. Thirteen, but they're all in Canada, aren't they? Or North? Northern, no, I thought somewhere. I think it's New York, California, San right. Francisco. Well, they're going to be in their their little enclaves. Seven hundred fifty bucks a pop. What, what is this tour for exactly? Uh, to she, raise money. She, <laughs> here's the best. This is the best thing. She still thinks people want her. To be president. She's delusional, but the, and, the Democratic Party doesn't even want her. They can't stop her. No. So you have people in the back rooms of the Democratic Party strategic planning who are literally having aneurysms because this woman will not go away. <laughs> Just stop. They are... They are tied to her, and it's like, you know, somebody tackle her. Somebody, yeah. please do something to make them disappear. They won't go away. We, we want your money. We do not want you to come out and campaign with us. Do not campaign I with mean, us. I mean, right now, if you look at the coalescing uh, group of illuminaries that are being formed as the Democratic presidential candidates, wow. you're potentially going to have Cruella again. <laughs> Okay, yes. you're gonna have T-Bone. Yes. You're gonna have Pocahontas. Yes, yes. and I, you know, oh, we'll that's, get to that in that's a offensive. Yeah, we'll get to that in she's a got, she's even further self-immolated this week. She, yeah. You're gonna have Bernie again. Okay, I mean, this is amazing. Yep. The, the oh, and you're gonna have probably Kamala, right? Kamala Harris. She'll drop out first. <laughs> I don't know about that. She might we'll actually see. have some sticking power. Maisie so, Hirano might uh, be out there. No, too. she no. She's no. got no. So you brought up Pocahontas. And whether you think that's offensive or not is your business. I don't really care. So well, wait, let's point out. The only way this is offensive is if it's making fun of Indians, Native Americans. We're making, it's fun, not, of, we're making fun of a person who is pretending to be a Native American. So 
She, back in July, Trump said, I'll pay a million dollars to your favorite charity if you take the DNA test and prove you're an Indian. Takes the DNA test. Native American. Well, he said Indian, but, yeah. uh, but Native American. She takes a DNA test with a guy at Stanford. Uh, he compares her DNA to not Mexican, Native Americans. Mexican, <laughs> Peruvian, and Colombian. Yes, which, as I last huh. checked, are not in uh, America. I didn't well, realize the, the Cherokee States. tribe was that far well, yeah, south. She's from Oklahoma, so in their family history, they think her grandmother was Indian or Native American of some sort. Did the Cherokees build the Temple of the Sun? I don't believe so. Uh, they must have. No, I, don't, I, mean, I don't think so. So it all comes out. She's at least six to ten generations of Mexican, Peruvian, or Colombian Native uh, peoples. Not Cherokee, just something. She's got less Native American DNA than I do, or than most the average American does. Right. Uh, the, she's got less than we do. You're sitting bull. I, I've got more sitting bull in me than she does. <laughs> uh, but so, and so she, she puts out a five-and-a-half-minute video talking about this like she's vindicated. Yeah. and Everyone sitting here listening to us right now that resides in the United States of America has more Indian DNA, Native American DNA, in their system right now than she does. But the best part is she's She's whiter than ivory snow. And in fact, (laughs) the Cherokee Nation has now officially (laughs) denounced her. Okay, so she's she's managed to actually tick them off so badly that they issued a public statement basically telling her, shut up and stop saying you have anything to do with the Cherokee. Cherokee tribe. You do not. Just because you're from Oklahoma doesn't mean you're Cherokee. Sorry, it doesn't work that way. But there's actually a huge upside to this because if she now counts as a Native American, okay, because from six to ten generations back, I think that makes her 164th to one... No, one, one two fifty six to one 1,024th. Right, right. So that means that all of us are entitled to affirmative action. Which this means is, nobody's entitled to affirmative action. Fantastic. It's great news in that res- respect. Now, she, they, they interviewed a bunch of people from Penn, where she was a professor, and Harvard, all saying she was not a diversity hire, had nothing to okay, do with her Native American heritage. that is a flat-out lie. I agree, because in both directories, she's listed as a diversity hire. The uh, Harvard <laughs> expressly publicized the fact that she was a woman of color yes. on their faculty. Okay, so color white because that's the only color. No, she so, can I really mean, claim. so again, this is why you can't believe the media. If you go actually and look at what Harvard was saying at the time, they were openly advertising her mm-hmm. as a minority hire, mm-hmm. and very proud of the fact that that was someone they had brought on to their Rainbow Faculty Coalition. Yeah. So that is a bald-faced lie that they end. It's a bald-faced lie that she says she never used this because, gee, (laughs) why didn't you correct the record? Yeah. Well, it's changed. At Penn, she came in as white, and then they changed it a couple years later to say she was a diversity. Women only, but she's not a diversity from a uh, race standpoint. And she also claimed in her little vignette that her family was suffering discrimination because of her mom's... Remember... This is this is back two hundred years. There more. might have been one guy in yeah. Mexico. <laughs> what are you talking about? Not a clue. Not a clue. She said, "Yeah, the, the state had just become a state right when my grandmother was born." I'm like, "How 
old are you, Elizabeth? Because that was in the 1860s. <laughs> are you insane? Oh, 1850s. The, I don't even best, remember now. This is such a self-inflicted disaster. I have no idea who the genius was that thought. Here's their thinking had to be. Trump is getting traction with this mockery of me. Yeah. I have presidential aspirations. We need to put forward some way to refute this. And all she's managed to do is make herself even more of a laughing style. Well, she still thinks she, she's owed the million dollars for a charity. I'm like, no, you didn't prove you were Native American. You proved you had a tiny fraction of Native American. That doesn't make you Native American. And there's no genetic test for it being Native American. Well, that's that's the reason to me <laughs> that he doesn't owe it is because the test itself did not measure Native American DNA. Nothing. Nothing in there because they don't have enough people to get it from. <laughs> not enough people volunteered who can they can verify are oh. actually of Native American descent. She is a and classic. And I, I think to get to get uh, status for college admissions, they, I think you have to be, is it an eighth? I think as far as an eighth. She's not even remotely close to that. Not even... Re- I'm not close to that, and she's further along than I am. It's just she, ridiculous. She actually might make Hillary look like a nimble and savvy political uh, mind. Well, and she, the fact that she put the video out and put all this in there, and she thinks she's correct. It's like she doesn't think she's correct. She she's putting what, what she thought was, which is almost as bad. People are going to buy this. Like th- this is a compelling, uh, compelling lie that we're managing to. Yes, this is good. Her we're bro- going to sit down with this guy. Watch the video. Her brothers are Republicans. <laughs> they're not even on her. I mean, they're on her side because she's family, but they're not on her side politically. It, it's just, it's just fou- amazing. So we've got our, we've got our candidates for twenty twenty on the Democratic side. Laughable, laughable, and more laughable. Maybe some dark horse will come out, and I'm sure they'll be the next, next hope for everybody. We got elections in three weeks. Yeah, midterm elections. Some pretty important midterm elections, I would I would say. Uh, there's been this blue wave rushing towards November sixth. What happens on November seventh? What are you predicting? Are we going to see a blue wave? Are we going to no. see a, oh, no. a blue puddle? My, my only um, first of all, I think the uh, the chance of the Democrats taking the Senate are completely gone. Not going to okay. happen. Uh, and I actually think the Republicans are likely to gain anywhere from two to four seats, the way things are trending right now. You know, the House, the House is too, I think is going to be close. I actually think the Democrats are going to take the House, but it's not going to be by a lot. But from what I've been reading, and again, you know, polls actually bore me, but I was reading a couple different in-depth analytical pieces about this. And the interesting thing is, and they're seeing conflicting information, um, in the generic ballot, nationally, I think the Democrats still have like a six to seven point lead. Okay. It's been fluctuating. Uh, and by the way, they generally go into these elections with a, an advantage in the generic ballot. Right. So in other words, they, they kind of underperform mm-hmm. their, this advantage. But when you do a race specific poll race, meaning the political race in the congressional districts that are contested, mm-hmm. it's down to like a 1% spread. Marginal so area. in other words, they're getting a lot of votes in districts that they don't need them. In other words, it's uh, like California. Okay. They're going to run up, run up the score. Right. It doesn't matter. Um, I do think simply because historically, party in power, midterm election, you almost always see the party out of power you do. gain. They take over the House. I mean, it depends what the spread is, sure. but it's close enough now. It's 25 seats. Yeah. So I think what we're probably looking at is uh, Democrats having a, you know, 
five seat. They, they maybe they win thirty seats in the House. They they take a five seat advantage. I mean, it, it could be anything. And I think the Republicans. I would be stunned if the Republicans do not control the Senate. Uh, and I think they're actually going to gain a few seats. Okay. So, how do I put this? I think every vote for a Democrat in the House of Representatives is a vote for impeachment. Oh, absolutely. Is a vote for Nancy Pelosi, and those are two bad things. Well, okay. They're, they're bad things in the sense that they're, those are completely frivolous. Well, they're distracting but, from yeah, actually doing anything. Of course they and are. But you know what? I, I've always said repeatedly that I actually think in many cases gridlock, gridlock is, is a yes. feature. I agree. But the other point is, if you're going to evaluate this politically, if you give the crazies what they want, and so Maxine, again, unfurls her scroll of impeachment and races down the hallways and yeah. emoluments clause and whatever else and uh, two scoops of ice cream and, <laughs> you know, Russian this and whatever. They're going to overreach again. Mm-hmm. The, the public is not going to look fa- Oh, sure. The, the frothing Democratic base will love this. But again, what is the end game? He will never, ever be removed. Mm-hmm. Now, they think it's going to be to their benefit. Uh, and it's almost, I mean, the, the slavering hordes are going to demand this, but politically for them, and this is, I think, why they've been very reticent to talk about this, right, in terms of this impeachment Well, they thing. know the voters aren't in it's favor not of it. Gonna, it's not going to play well. No. And it is going to allow Trump to spend the next two years banging on the fact that these people are trying to illegitimately remove him from office, which is absolutely correct. Instead of just taking their medicine. Kavanaugh as well. Yes. So they tried to destroy Kavanaugh. They've been trying to destroy me and see that gives his claims more traction because the cray cray continues. Right. All they have to do is not be crazy and they can't help themselves. I, I understand where you're coming from. A political standpoint, it may be beneficial for the 2020 election and beyond. I don't want to see Brett Kavanaugh put through an additional soul-searching because these crazies think it's okay to screw up somebody's life, as, as we quoted earlier. I don't want oh, to no. see that. that. Well, again, and it so may, I thought we were, I, mean, politically, we're, I was talking about Trump, well, but Trump, they're, they're going to do both of them. Well, that's you know, the, Jerry that's Nadler, the, Jerry Nadler is going to be the head yeah, yeah. and he's already telegraphed. Now, who knows? Maybe he's posturing and maybe, you know, maybe cooler heads will prevail when they kind of, well, he can, he can call the hearings. doesn't mean they're going to get out of committee. It doesn't mean they're going to get to the house floor, but it's still going to be lingering out there. Like, like the Mueller investigation. It's still out there. I, I Look, agree with you. Gridlock is a good thing. No, but here's the thing. Standpoint. As it relates to Kavanaugh, they the people that are actually not completely deranged at the head of the Democratic Party. Who's that? Well, that's true. I mean, <laughs> Keith they, Ellison, second in command. You're right. I'm not actually. I'm not even sure who that might be. That's part of the. <laughs> that's part of their problem. But they have had to look. Look, the polling before Kavanaugh. It has seismically shifted in a bad way for them. Sure. Anyone who is an astute political observer on the Democratic side has got to be saying the optics of this, even though we thought it was going to be great, have been terrible Mm -hmm. for us. People did not like what they saw there. If you want to keep pursuing this crusade against this guy, you're nuts. Okay. You tried. The smear machine didn't work. You've made your case that he's now illegitimate. The court is... But if you keep this in the news and perpetuate the witch hunt, which is exactly what it is against this guy, Mm -hmm. into the... 
now in the run-up to a presidential election and allow Trump and the Republicans to continue to make this mm-hmm. kind of their banner. Mm-hmm. They're still trying to destroy this man. That is idiotic in the... I hope they do it. Yeah. I really hope... I don't hope they do it for the sake of this man. Right. Uh, and, and continuing... And by the way, and to undermine our institutions. Isn't it fascinating now? The same people, do you remember when Trump, during the campaign, he said at one point, you know, I'm not sure if I'll accept the results of the election. Right. And it was, oh, mm-hmm. you, you're undermining democratic norms. Now what we hear <laughs> from their entire party is, uh-huh. uh, we don't accept the legitimacy of the Senate because uh-huh. we didn't, we're not going to win. We don't accept the Electoral College. They, accept, yes. <laughs> they accepted all these things during the glorious reign of Obama when yeah. they had a filibuster-proof majority in the Senate. They thought it was fantastic that uh-huh. smaller states that were in New England carried the day over, I don't know, Texas, right? Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, no, no, it's no fair. It's no fair that, that these uh, d- sparsely populated states have... Well, wait a minute. You do understand that that's the House, right? Yeah. The House has proportional representation. Always has. But they don't... Again... <laughs> Fundamentally, they don't care about states. They want the central government is all that matters. They don't care that Wyoming and North Dakota and South Dakota have unique interests that should be represented at the federal level. No, no, no. Well, they're flyover country, and we don't care. That's the problem. So we want we want to do away with the Senate. We want to do the Supreme Court has to go. It's not working anymore. We're not, or we're going to add two additional justices. We get another Democratic president, which. I don't see that getting through Congress. No, of course not. It's and insane. again, politically... FDR tried, it, tried to pack yeah, court didn't court work. Court packing? Really? That's what you're going that's for? Your, that's your choice. Because, because Gers, you know, Gorsuch and uh, uh, Kavanaugh are illegitimate, so obviously we can't have that. We have to offset As their As I, I have said before, and this is literally true, the Democratic Party's position now is if we can't win the election, we simply don't accept its legitimacy. Correct. We either win or we burn it down. Correct. That's it. Correct. Do you understand? I don't want to, folks, listen to this. There have been more presidents impeached than Supreme Court justices in the history of our country. Let that sink in for you. More presidents than Supreme Court justices. One Supreme Court justice has been impeached and did not get removed from office. And that was Thomas Jefferson did it to, I don't remember who it was now, in 1801. Speaking of the, if we don't win, we burn it down. Did you see uh, Hillary, I, I forget who was interviewing her, about the whole civility thing? Did you see what she said? I didn't see exactly. Oh, it was that. amazing. So she, she was asked, you know, essentially, well, you know, do you have an obligation to be, uh, to be civil? Oh, yeah. And, yeah, and this is amazing. I <laughs> yes. mean, amazing and very, um, very educational. <laughs> her response was literally... We cannot be civil to Republicans because, you know, they disagree with us until we're back in power. Yes. Then we can be civil. Then we can be civil. Thank yes. you, Red Queen. <laughs> we, that's an excellent... That, uh, it's amazing. Civility only Civility pl- and, and, and once we, they are, they're going to expect everybody else to be civil to them. Right. right. We won't be civil until we, once again, are on the throne. Yeah. So Don't. please, give us the scepter now, and then we will stop... Uh, having Antifa attack people in Portland who are driving through. That's the other thing. Did you see that? Yes. And the Democratic the uh, mayor. mayor is like, I just let it play out. I didn't yeah. want to interfere. They, have know, a right. listen, they had no right to be there because they had not gotten a, a, a permit to be there. But it was okay. They were you know. smashing the guy's car. 
Yes, they. And the mayor was befuddled about. Well, you know, what should we do? Should we send the police in? Oh, we don't want to do that. No, no, no. We, we, it's difficult to discern what's going on there. The we people in the masks that are terrorizing this man. You know, uh, they're upset. They're very upset. And and Hillary said, you know, that we'll be civil again when when we actually control it, everything. His name Tom Wheeler. I have no idea. Yeah, he, that's that's the level we're at. That's where we're at. That's my concern. We're at this level where it's we're more divided today than we were. F- three or four years ago, even under Obama, even though he tried to divide everybody, th- people are violently divided. Now, maybe it's the 60s. I didn't live in the 60s, so maybe it's just like the 60s and the, the riots in the but late again, 60s. I don't know. And, and I have no patience for any sort of everyone does it. Yes, <sighs> there are there are crazies on the right, okay? You saw them in Charlottesville, yes. but of course you, also saw, you also saw their counterparts, the Antifa goons, who are exactly the same. But here's the distinction. You, I defy you to point me to a Republican politician, a Republican intellectual who has explicitly said, get in their face, go to their homes, go when they're eating at restaurants, uh, harass them wherever they are. No one is saying that on the right. Nobody. There are multiple people in leadership positions in the Democratic Party who are calling for this, from Maxine to Tom Perez to various Congress critters, and they have absolutely no problem with it. So don't give me the, this is a problem for both sides. There are fringe elements on both sides who welcome violence, and there always are going to be. But only one party right now has gotten behind the idea that mob rule, and I will use the M word because these people are mobs. That's the new thing, CNN. Don't call it a mob. These people are just vexed. They're, oh, yes. they're, vexed. they're anxious about the state of the country. That's why they're acting like Idiots. zombies clawing at the doors of the Supreme Court. No, mm. they are unhinged mobs. And you on the left, Maxine and Tom Perez, and frankly, since this is the standard, everyone who is not saying you shouldn't be doing this is enabling and encouraging this. And it is going to lead to, I think, somebody getting shot or somebody getting killed. It's it's inevitable. What was Obama say if you're not with us, you're making common cause with the enemy, common cause with the mullahs? That was, that was related to Iran, yes. Yeah, but yes. isn't this... Could not Maxine Waters, in a way, be... Now, she said this after Steve Scalise was shot, but she's, she's advocating violence against other people. Is that not illegal? The, the Supreme Court's yeah. ruled on that many years ago. You can't yell fire in a theater and expect it to be okay. You can't yell bomb at the airport and expect it to be okay. So she's inciting violence. Tom Perez inciting violence. Hillary Clinton, to a point, no, yes, no civility. Don't. Inciting people to violently act out and then Tom Wheeler in uh, in Portland you you can't at what point do you say you can't say those things I can't say those things you can't say I don't care if you're angry I don't care if you're upset I don't care if you're bothered because you didn't win you can get your way you can't say those things you're an elected official who cannot say those well, things well you of course you can because but you can't they you are now they are now so enthralled to their base there is no that's the thing their leadership is now basically indistinguishable from you know from the far left base oh, that is yeah. now 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 controls their entire party. In fact, I think Perez the other day came out and basically said there are there are no moderate Democrats anymore. 
and I would and agree he, with and him. He should know. <laughs> I would agree he with him. He should know. He's he's about as far left as you get. Yeah. So they've embraced this. These sort of tactics, as I said, it is the campus has now come to DC. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The 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 mini Maoists who run most of the college campuses, both at the student and administrative level, these tactics are now the mainstream of the Democratic Party. They are. But uh, what do we do to combat this? Be- obviously, in a Democratic there, city, you're not going to send in the police. The only thing that you do is you, you defeat them crushingly at the polls. That's what you do. And it remains to be seen whether that's going to happen. I, yep. I don't know. So I'll, I'll stand by what I think it was Hugh Hewitt said. Every vote for a Democrat is a vote against uh, or for Nancy Pelosi and for impeachment and all the things you don't want. Every time you vote for a Democrat, that is what they want to do at any state or federal level, maybe even local level. That's what they're trying to do. And I, I hate to say that I like and I thought about this today. I like that there is a balance or was a balance, you know. An out of control Republican Party is not a good thing either. We saw that during the Civil War with the radical Republicans. That's not necessarily a good thing either. You have to have a balance. You have to have a check on what you do. But this isn't a check. This is a violent mob saying, We didn't get our way. You have to change everything you're doing because we didn't get our way and we're the only thing that matters. Doesn't matter what you think, only what we want matters. And I. Frankly, I'm not, I'm not real thrilled by where we're going, and I'm a little concerned because it's not there's, – there's no release valve. It just, it's just ratcheted up every day. It's ratcheted up. One more just, thing, one more thing, one just more thing. Imagine, just imagine what's going to happen if it turns out that Republicans hold both the Senate and the House. Again, in, after November 6th. Yeah. The, the, the lunacy will go yet another well, that's several levels up. We, we talked about this – You know, we said when Trump won – November 2016, there were the Democrats and the, all their sycophants were, oh, the world's about to end. In 2008, I didn't think the world's going to end. I wasn't happy with the results. I wasn't happy in 2012. But I didn't think the world was going to end. Each one of these people believes the world is about to end because Trump is still in power. And if the Republicans are still in it, behead Republicans. You heard it from Minnesota. Behead the Republicans. That's insane to me that these are... These public figures advocating right there. We talked about inside violence. Behead Republicans. There's no inside joke on that. That's not an inside joke. You called for violence against people who vote Republican. That's that cannot happen. That cannot stand. It's the new politics of civility. But it's not, and that's the problem. You can call. They can call it whatever they want. But it, it bothers me immensely that this is what we're dealing with. It's, it's going to continue for the foreseeable future. Wow. And just imagine. So I mean, and then you play it forward. Just imagine if Trump is reelected. I, I literally don't know what they're going to do. Uh, I mean, they, they have been in a state of perpetual hysteria for two years. Yeah. What are they going to do if Hitler gets a second term? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I would like to say I'd like to see that happen because I would, but I, I, I'm concerned about what would happen. You know, I even saw a clip the other, I don't know, and I don't, again, I don't really watch these shows. I usually see them on, online. There was a clip from some guy on MSNBC who actually looked a lot like the nutty professor, and uh, <laughs> he, he was some leftist, and he was ranting about the fact that, you know, and he, you know, Trump has given his his uh, Mordor minions what they want, racism. But then, then he says, you know, we could be dealing with this for two years or perhaps a thousand-year Reich. And 
the rest of the people on the panel are kind of like, oh, yes, yes. Well, that's, you're right. What are you talking about? Like, and again, doesn't anyone kind of look at these people and say, um, up the medication? But like, <laughs> I understand you're on my side, but you're kind of embarrassing me. Yeah, you're crazy. Stop talking like that. Just stop it. You're, you're a nutbag. A thousand stop year talking. Reich? I know. Let's all go to Starbucks. Hey, I mean, it's like... <laughs> Let me get on my laptop, and it's just amazing. They're sitting in a in a studio where they're going to go leave for their whatever their penthouse in their limo, and they're talking about thousand year Reichs. It's just. Do it's, you even think they believe this stuff? These talking. I heads? think some of them do. Wow, that's that's sad because that's delusional. I, I didn't think Obama was going to rule for a thousand years. Yeah, I don't think Michelle Obama, if she ever runs, is going to rule for a thousand years, or Malia, or whatever. Like, like I, well, somebody online has said, you know, with with the left, the dark night of fascism is always, you know, is always descending, and yet it doesn't have the, uh, you know, it, uh, inconveniently, it just never happens to show up here. It does not actually. They're the ones. That, if you're gonna, we've talked about this. The authoritarian instinct right now is entirely. They keep talking about Trump. He's an authoritarian. What specific authoritarian policies is he actually enacting? Well, he hasn't let Muslims from seven countries that Obama approved come in. That was his authoritarian rule. That was right. it. That was but it. there's a whole host of people on the left who are all about authoritarianism. They sure are. Well, as long as they're authority. Yeah, it's As long amazing. as they're authority, they're good with it. So <laughs> if, if it's even possible, let's move on. You wanted to bring up uh, the Turkish... Oh, yeah. The, Reporter. I use that well, th- in quotes. This is a fascinating story. So this uh, Kashagi, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, I don't know. This is a guy, I forget his first name. Uh, I mean, it, it's tragic. He was killed. Yes. Now, there's an interesting, well, you're not going to get the whole backstory on this guy. Okay, he's he's been called in the media a journalist, and I suppose... That's semi-accurate as far as it goes. He, he typed he was, up reports to he his He was masters. working in a certain capacity for the Washington Post. He's, he's originally, I think, from Saudi Arabia. He has longtime connections with the kingdom. Mm-hmm. But his religious and ideological orientation, this guy is a radical, mm-hmm. okay? He, he knew Osama bin Laden growing up. And let's just say, even though he does not actively promote... Uh, chopping people's heads off. He's also an ardent supporter and I believe member, if not member, he's of the Muslim Brotherhood. He was, the, yes. The moderate, <laughs> moderate Muslim Brotherhood. Well, he's no longer doing anything because he's dead. Right, but he was. <laughs> so in other words, he's being presented in the media. Okay, and by the way, this doesn't, the man was murdered by right. somebody. We'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. So this is horrific. He's being presented as sort of this force for moderation, a, a Western journalist. Not really. Okay, he was all in and about the Muslim Brotherhood's agenda, which is uh, Sharia law, wipe Israel off the map. Okay, yeah. he's they're he's, not moderates. He's pegging <laughs> the meter on radical yeah. Islamic theology. Yeah. All right, you so, won't hear that though. So what happens is this guy goes to, I believe, the Saudi Arabian consulate in Istanbul. So he's in Turkey, mm-hmm. and there's video of him. He goes into the consulate. He never comes out. And there's also video then of a crew of Saudi-affiliated, I don't know who they were. Trash collectors. Trash collectors, <laughs> bag men, whatever, who are in there. Plantation engineers. The man is murdered. There's even reports, it sounds like a Quentin Tarantino movie, that the guy was killed and then dismembered. Okay, so it's very grisly, the whole thing. But I'm not sure anyone actually knows yet what happened. No. Now, tr- the, the, the working theory is that, um, is it 
who is the current monarch of Saudi Arabia? It's uh, uh, Mohammed a, bin... Yeah, he's a, he's a young guy. Okay, yeah. so the working theory is because this guy had been critical in some respects of the Saudis that they basically had him offed. And that's, that's the working theory. That's the received wisdom. And that's, that's perhaps Occam's razor, what may have happened. However, I would caution you, the Mideast is such a complete just basket of insanity for instance, is it possible that Saudis had him killed, but it was a crew that the monarch was not even aware of? Could be. Or, sure. Could be. Is it possible that Erdogan had the guy killed? Uh, yes. Is it possible that the enemies of the Saudi monarchy had him killed because they wanted to appear? Now, you may say, oh, come on, Tony. It's tinfoil hat. Mm. I'm not sure what we actually know yet. Okay. I, we agree with that. I'm perfectly willing to accept uh, just, you know, theoretically that if the evidence suggests right now that the king of Saudi Arabia had this guy murdered, okay, I, I readily believe that that is a possible explanation. What I'm not willing to concede yet is that we know definitively what actually happened to this dude. Mm -hmm. So that's one aspect of this. The other, I think, more interesting aspect is geopolitically, because <laughs> now all of the people that hate Trump and are now castigating him for how dare you, how dare you say that we don't know what happened here, right? Well, I'm not sure that we do. You need, you know, you need to slam, by the way, Saudi Arabia, yes, a Sunni theocracy, brutal regime. They have public executions of people. They have people imprisoned. They torture people. And yes, we actually have a working relationship with them. They why, have oil. They why, have oil. Well, they have oil, but what's the second reason? Well, they let us use their air bases to stage for the Middle East. Right, but in terms of who they are, what is the nation that they are implacably opposed to in the Mideast? That would be Iran. Correct. So you have Shia Iran aligned against Sunni Saudi Arabia. Now... All the people that are saying, we need to send them a message and we need to cut all ties. Interestingly, these are the same people that said, let's send pallets of cash to Iran. Sure. We don't need to, the world's leading sponsors of terrors, death to the great Satan. We need to be nuanced and nice to them, but we need to go after Saudi Arabia for whacking this one guy. Mm -hmm. um, the journalist. There's nobody in the Mideast who is a good actor. No. Okay, they're all thugs, kleptocrats, and murderers. Hmm. That's the way the Mideast functions. Apparently, so yes. you've got Erdogan in Turkey, you've got Assad in Syria, you've got the mullahs in Iran, and you have Saudi Arabia. It may be as unpleasant as this reality is in our interests not to sever ties with Saudi Arabia, even though we may recognize they're doing a lot of stuff that's despicable. We know this. Mm -hmm. So is every other actor. Okay. Mm -hmm. Remember what happened when Barack Obama decided, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get rid of Gaddafi. Yes, that how's, worked out how's well. Libya doing right now? Not so well. What about really? his what that about, Arab Spring has sprung a leak? Libya is now a terrorist hellhole. What about it was before? Oh, it's worse <laughs> it's now. It's worse, but it was before because too. Let's at not least kid ourselves. with Gaddafi there again, a murderous strongman. We could say the same about Saddam in Iraq. That's true. That's one of the criticisms of the Bush administration in Iraq. You depose this guy, although that narrative gets 
it's the problem different. is they never account for the surge. We're not going to get into that. Yeah. But yeah. same thing in Egypt, okay? Mm -hmm. So the question is, if your argument is we need to, to denounce, sever all ties, Saudi Arabia is our enemy, and by the way, most of the hijackers are from Saudi Arabia. Yeah, I remember. Mm -hmm. What happens then? Yeah. Who, who does that benefit the most in the Mideast? I would say Iran. Yeah. Do we want... <laughs> who is more problematic? Iran. Iran. So I'm not down with the whole, oh, Saudi Arabia, that's it. So, by the way, again, because the same people that are saying this have a completely 180-degree different philosophy as it relates to Iran, and I've never heard a coherent explanation for why those two things can be true at the same time. They cannot. It's one or the other. Schrodinger's cat, I think, is better than Occam's razor. But Yeah, so if we have to use Saudi Arabia... To oppose Iran, yeah, um, I'm saying we should probably consider continuing to do that. Correct. I would 100% agree with you. And and calling this man a journalist, mm, no, that's not. I don't. I don't buy that. Working for the walk, walk, working for Bezos Post does not make him a journalist. If he's you know the Muslim Brotherhood, uh, sorry, so we'll, can't call it, that. It'll be fascinating to see where this goes in terms of. I'm not sure whether anyone is ever going to know. Exactly no. what happened to this guy. I'm not sure in the long range thing, it really matters. He's not no. here, and we are not going to sever ties with Saudi Arabia just because the Washington Post says we should. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, Erdogan has killed yes. hundreds and hundreds of people. There are currently, I think, at least at least 300 actual Western journalists imprisoned in Turkey right now. I mean, so again, this is, it's just interesting to me that. This guy has become the focus of all of this outrage. It's because he's a journalist. That's the only reason. If he was not called a journalist, you would not hear this outrage. Right. And the thing is, he's not really a journalist no. in, this, in, in any of the, the same sense that no. you would understand that term to mean. Well, mate, I, I'm not sure I do. <laughs> There's certain journalists I would say I would not call them journalists either, but I know what you mean. He's not, he's not truly a journalist. He had a, he had a cover as a journalist. That was his cover. And, to well, do what and he, he was, was doing. But he was essentially an activist. Yeah. He was an activist sure. with extensive ties to the Muslim Brotherhood and not a guy that was friendly at all to the West. No. At all. No. So, sure, he, he did reports on the region because he had contacts both historically and as a businessman in the Mideast and with the kingdom. But, again, calling this guy a journalist in the same way that, like, John Fisher Burns is a journalist, not the same dudes. No. And I, and I understand. We don't, and, again, that doesn't matter. It's like, well, since he's not a journalist, then I guess no, they can you, hack you him up. No, you can't kill him. That's, that's, no. not, that's not good either. But I think, from a journalist's perspective, we don't want... If you're a journalist, you don't want to say, I'm putting my life on the line because I'm reporting what's actually happening. If, in fact, you are reporting what's actually happening. The question is, if you are advocating a distinct shift, a dramatic shift in our current political um, engagement with Saudi Arabia based on this incident, and you're also somebody that supported Obama's Iran dealings, I don't want to listen to you. Yes. Because you, there is simply no way that you can you can square that circle. Don't talk about it. Yeah, I, I don't know where it's going to go, but I don't think we sh I don't think we cut ties with Saudi Arabia. I think that's that's ludicrous on its face because our alternatives are not better. And right. I, and I, I've been a big critic of the domino theory for communism, dealing with bad groups to keep prop up bad groups. Enemy of our enemy. Yeah. It's a, it's very, geopolitics is very complicated and you can't always get what you want. You get what you have 
and well, you can and, deal and with what's it's there. dirty. I mean, yeah. it just is. It's messy and it's not pretty. And and it, uh, you know, as a Christian, it doesn't make me feel good to know we're dealing with these groups of people who are horrible human beings. But they're a little less horrible than the other human right. beings and again, we have to deal with. And certainly, as a Christian, that's true. But for purposes of national security, yeah. you you can't just bury your head and decide, no. "Gee, we wish the world was different." It's not. The world is as it is. Correct. So you Correct. need to deal with these things as they are, not as we wish them to be. Correct. So we got a reader question or a listener question, and I'm see if you know the answer. I do know the answer because I looked it up. But okay. So, do you, does the name Walker? Smith. Texas Ranger? No, no. Oh. Walker Smith Jr. in the context of boxing. Do you know the name that Walker Smith Jr. was more more associated with? Walker, that's his name, Walker, Walker Smith Jr.? Walker Smith Jr. I, I do not. Sugar Ray Robinson. Do you know how he got the name Sugar Ray Robinson? I do if you don't, and it's okay if you don't, but one of the listeners sent this in to me, and I, I said we'd talk about it. I do not know. I know who Sugar Ray Robinson is, but I don't Correct. know how he got his, his okay. name. And I had no idea that... His, so his real name is Walker Smith Jr.? Walker Smith Jr. Did not know that. I, and I didn't know that either, so I looked it up and I did a quick Google search. Uh, I will wear the itchy hair shirt for a week. <laughs> so Ray Robinson, not the sugar part, we'll get to that in a second. The Ray Robinson part, he needed an AAU card, and he took somebody else's card in 1936 and went by Ray Robinson the rest of his career. The sugar part was because the promoter called him sweet as a boxer sweet boxer sugar sugar ray robinson uh-huh. so he had that and he didn't change his name that's just what he was known as because his kids were born as smith um he was married three times but that's now, i did, did not know that did you also know that most boxing experts and this includes pound Ali, for pound pound for pound believe yeah. that sugar ray robinson is the best fighter who ever lived i i do believe that and i have heard that said and i obviously didn't see him fight live uh, but I've seen some f- clips, and he he was a pretty good boxer, and he, and he was interrupted by World War II, so that took out a couple years for him as well. That he could have been, uh, but he, he fought for a long time from the thirties to the sixties. Yeah, it's amazing. The, the I don't know how he did it that long. I mean, this is a very physical and violent sport, and he was a boxer for a long time when guys might be out in a year or two. So, should, should we close briefly with uh, some football? We should. We should. So now, if I recall correctly. A few weeks ago, when you were having a tirade about the uh, the, the downfall of the Steelers, uh-huh, the apocalypse, uh-huh, uh-huh, and I told uh-huh. you that the Steelers are going to win ten games, and you you were assured they still haven't won ten games. By the way, <laughs> they're heading in that direction. Well, they've got three. They've got three. Um, I think they've righted the ship. And I think I'm, it's better. I'm feeling much. Well, I was feeling fine about my prediction to begin with. Yeah. Are you off the ledge now? No. Really? I I, I still feel. <clears throat> um, I feel like the offensive coordinator for the Steelers, I, I'm not sure where he, he got his offensive coordinating skill set, but I don't think he's really. So, somebody, wait, I was talking wait, somebody, wait, wait, didn't they just score 40 points? But yes. They barely, <laughs> no, they, it was like, what was it 36 or something? Whatever. Barely, only 36. No, listen to me. So, in the playoff game last year, they scored 45 points and gave up 48. So, that would be the defensive coordinator. Hold on. Who'd they fire in the offseason? Todd Haley, the offense right. coordinator. So you fired the guy who got you 45 points and kept the guy who gave up Wait, 48. But, okay, so but is your argument then that the current offensive coordinator is not as good as the prior offensive He's coordinator? He's not as good. The, but the that system doesn't is mean, not working Okay, but well. that's a comparison. Okay, but the defense coordinator 
should be fired. That defense is yeah. atrocious. Okay, but they it's also atrocious. don't have the same personnel. They had the same personnel they had last year, except oh, for Shazier. Yeah, well, except for Shazier is a pretty big except. Okay, but they weren't good last year. And they, four years this guy's been here, and he's not gotten it better. Keith Butler has not made this. The defense went downhill when Keith Butler took over. That's, that's the reality. And the talent was old when he picked it up, so I understand that. But they get no pressure do you from the think, front four. Do you think the Chiefs are a Super Bowl contender? Well, they can't be if the, the Patriots turn their way. The well, Patriots beat them on Sunday. Well, they beat them, but honestly... I know it was, it was close. My only point is the Chiefs' blueprint. Now, I will say the Chiefs' offense is more explosive than the Steelers, particularly so, that right now. on Bell. Certainly but right now. their defense is trash as well. It is. It is. I think the Steelers have a better defense than the, yes. the Chiefs. So the but Steelers I think the offense have, for the okay, Chiefs so is better. Okay, so the Steelers have a slightly less potent offense, but they have a slightly better defense. So they're basically the Chiefs. Yeah, they are. And I don't think they're still a Super Bowl contender at this point. Oh, they have to be. They went into Foxborough and lost by three points. Okay. Uh, so, and, and basically marched up and down the field for the entire second half. But, but do you think that Belichick, watching that film, if they see them get in the playoffs, he's not going to have devised a scheme to destroy Mahomes? No, I don't. be enough film on him that he's going to be able to fluster, okay, not destroy, fluster him to the point where he cannot No, produce. I don't, actually. Because he didn't have a great game. Well, but here's what it needs, I think here's what scares Bill Belichick. For the first half, they had him a little bit flummoxed, okay? Yes. He threw the interception to Hightower. He threw the, the interception he threw in the end zone was just a, you know, I'm going to try to jam it in between three guys, and it got picked. But yeah. the second half, they could do nothing with him. And Agreed. the problem, the problem for the Patriots is, and it really is a problem for any team that faces the Chiefs, they have too many physical freaks on offense for you to deal with. And yes. so if you can't scheme your way out of tricking the quarterback, you're dead. Because sooner or later, one of those guys is going to run past you, mm-hmm. whether it's Kelsey or Tyree Kill. And by the way, can we just say for a minute... <laughs> Tyreek Hill is the most freakishly fast football player I have ever seen. Yes, now, there may be guys, I'm sure John Ross and Daryl Green in the old days, that yeah. maybe have on the clock run slightly faster. I have never seen... The, the He's play, a video game The player. play that amazed me the most, okay, if you watch this game, when the, when the Chiefs tied, they went down by a touchdown, 40-33. to 33. They got the ball back. The first play, Patrick Mahomes step, steps up, throws a 50-yard laser Tyreek Hill catches the ball with his back to the end zone because he has to jump for it. Mm -hmm. The safety is closing on him. So Tyreek Hill has no forward momentum at this point. The safety is closing on him. Tyreek Hill goes from zero to about 30 miles an hour in a split second (laughs) and turns to the sideline. The guy doesn't get within five yards of him. I know. He's amazing. He is. He literally is like some kind of video Madden player yeah. dropped onto the field. It He's is Bo amazing. Jackson in Tecmo Bowl. <laughs> I found. A, I was talking to a buddy of mine at work about this. I found a clip from a Chiefs game from I don't know. It was like last year. It was an NBC broadcast, and they showed. Now this is astonishing. I don't know if you've seen this. Tyreek Hill was a major track star. Mm-hmm. Okay, in high school and in college, when he was a junior in high school. You talking about the the hurdle no 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 when he was a junior in high school he ran the 200 meters and i think he has the second fastest time for a high schooler in history but what they did is they took the olympic 200 meter final 
okay, with Usain Bolt. And they superimposed where Tyreek Hill, like at a red line, yeah. where Tyreek Hill would have been in that race yeah. as a high school junior, and he was somewhere between fourth and fifth in the Olympic 200-meter final. Wow. That's insane. That is insane. Not you saying insane. That, I agree with you. I, I, the Steelers got destroyed by the Chiefs. But what I saw Sunday night was neither team had much of a defense. There wasn't much defense okay, played right there. now. Here's the pecking order in the AFC. Yes, the Patriots because you got to kill the king. The Patriots, even though they're four and two, they don't have the best record. They just beat the Chiefs. They're they're the best team right, right. now. Right, I agree. The Chiefs are the number two team. I agree, and pretty close to the Patriots. The Steelers have the next argument to be number three. Maybe the Steelers. Maybe the Chargers. That's it. Yeah. I think you're. I think you're right. Because Jacksonville is now bordering themselves well, out yes. of you know. What, what's a steal? What's a Super Bowl contender in your mind that they could team, win, or they you expect them to be in the AFC? A final? team that can certainly get to the AFC Championship game. I think right now that, and I'm including the Chargers right now because the Chargers are four and two. They've won three in a row. Um, again, they, they may charger themselves as they usually do, but. <laughs> The Chiefs may chief themselves too, so well, well it's I possible. Think we know what we're going to get with the Chiefs. Okay, their offense is 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 going to score thirty points a game. Yeah. So the question is, you know, can their defense hold people to twenty nine? So, so is it the two thousand eight Colts who who uh, scored a lot of points but couldn't stop anybody ever? Is that what we're seeing? Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't think now the Chiefs have some guys who uh, on their defensive line who who can be effective, but no, their defense is a sieve. Uh, so they're going to be in shootouts, but they're a team that's capable of winning shootouts. Yeah. So those are the four best teams right now in the AFC, right? I think you're probably right. Here's my concern with the Steelers. And I mean, I guess you could say the Bengals or the Ravens. I don't think so. Maybe the Ravens. First of all, the Steelers the, own the Bengals, so that's well, over. They do. The, but here's my concern. I saw Ben, 15-year player, roll to his right and throw across his body to the other side of the field. He couldn't do that when he was a second-year player. He shouldn't even think about it as a 15th-year player. That is insane and stupid. Yeah, but... Don't do these stupid well, things. Okay, but the reality is that he still threw for, what, 300 and some yards? And I don't get caught gotta, up in the number of yards he throws. Like, he, well, you can't isolate one play and be like, no, no, this is... But uh, he, he lo- he's not seeing... He's not, he's not hitting people in stride. He's hitting them behind. Or they have to turn. <laughs> no, I'm serious. So he hits... Um, Vance McDonald, but Vance McDonald has to turn, catch the ball, and go. It's not put where he can keep running in stride. He's not Tyreek Hill. He's other not going to run. A- other than Tom Brady, and I would argue Phillip Rivers, who's a better quarterback in the AFC than Ben? In the AFC? The answer would be nobody. Can't think of anybody. So all of your, he's not hitting them in stride. He still throws for 350 yards a game and threw the game winning. Now, it wasn't really that difficult of a pass because they picked the guy for Antonio Brown. (laughs) I did like that. Um, I did like that. He's he's an elite quarterback. I mean, if you have Ben, you can win a Super Bowl. I feel like I like Connor. He's not explosive enough sometimes. Oh, sure. He's second-year player, so I'll give him that. I saw some times where he, he went inside when he should have just Look, clearly gone outside. His and overall raced. production, he's not Le'Veon Bell. No, and he's but not his overall be. production has done a pretty good facsimile of Le- Le'Veon he's Bell. He's done a very good job trying to keep it going as he goes. Le'Veon Bell may or may not report this week, next week, sometime uh, in the near future. Who knows? All right, who are the four best teams right now in the NFC? Clearly, the Rams. The Rams well, are the yeah. best team in football right now. If 
if the Eagles could play the Giants every week, I think the Eagles are back, but they did not look great Monday night. Uh, I still think the Eagles are one of the four best teams in the NFC. I think they I think they're fourth. I yeah, think they, okay. I think they could be first. Wentz is not bad. No, right now they're yet. not. They're not. They don't the have a running game. The Rams are first. Who else? I still like the Saints, but I, I know oh, that I think you have to say the Saints. And, and then who's the third? There's a, a number of the Vikings. Um, I could go with Minnesota in you know the second or third position, swip, swip the Saints. I still think Eagles. What about the Packers? I don't like the Packers. I think you got Aaron Rodgers, but I don't like – you can't miss five field goals and – and and that be the losing for the game. You got to have something beyond that. I know they won last week, but they're just they're not consistent. There's nothing. So your so your four would be Rams, Saints, Vikings in some order, and then Eagles. Right now, I yes. think that's probably I think that's probably correct. Yeah, and I think the Rams are far and away the best team right now. I think they're the best team in the NFL. I, I take them over the Patriots right now. Because Tom Brady doesn't have a whole lot. Well, there's no reason to think that they're not the best team. They're unbeaten. You know, they've got Jared Goff is uh, putting up numbers like he's going to be uh, a very good quarterback. I mean, I'm not, I'm not ready to say that he is in the category of some of the elite quarterbacks. No, no, not yet. yet. He hasn't but he's, done but enough he's yet. good. He's good. And of course, Todd Gurley is on his way potentially being the league MVP. Yes. And then they've got a bunch of studs on defense. Yes. So. Yeah, and, and, I, I and their coach is, is very good. Yeah, now they could put a stinker. They get to the playoffs and stink it up in the first Well, they kind of did that last year. They did. But I think they, they learned from that, or they should have well, learned from that. Well, they should have learned from that. And I, it was their first time really having some success in, in quite a while. I think the Eagles have no running game, and I think that's going to really hurt them down the stretch. You need to be able to milk the clock, and they're not doing that uh, because they can't. They don't have anything to run. They, they got hurt players, and I think they need LeGarrette Blunt. I think they should make a trade for Garrett Blunt and bring him back from Detroit because he at least could spell what the other turds they got out there on running back uh, because they got nothing. Yeah, Wentz is you, you can't you can cover everybody if you know that they cannot run the ball. The Giants can't cover anything. Giants are a horrible mess. And I feel bad for Saquon. I do, Saquon is the only player on the team producing anything. Well, he he's ridiculously good. Well, he is that run he had Thursday night. That was phenomenal. He's, oh, he's another guy. He's another guy like Tyree Kill that yeah. it looks like he's a video game yeah. character that's been inserted onto the field. And I got to say, when he when they wear the white pants, his legs look even bigger than they already are. He has <laughs> massive thighs. Man, that guy's got some well, big thighs. And remember, wow, for pound for pound in terms of speed, it's a two hundred thirty pound man. I know, he, and he's, he's fast. He's <laughs> a fourth. He ran a four four at the combine, but he's run under that. So this is a two hundred thirty. He's like. A bowling ball of muscle. Does he look bigger than he did at Penn State last year? No. He feel it feels to me like he's bigger, no. muscular, more muscular than no, he was. No, he's a, he's exactly the same size. Man, yeah, but he's he's wasted on that. But he's team. another guy that sort of warps the space time continuum in terms of you can tell that guys it, look. All of these guys are elite athletes. So def- the defense is used to facing guys that are freaks. Right. But even w- with Saquon, it's like, oh, wait a minute. I have it. No, I don't. There he goes. Like, there he goes. The He's one gone. touchdown he had. That long where, run? Where, where yeah. he, he made the one cut and the linebacker. The linebacker was literally kind of like, oh, <laughs> wait, there, wait. It's like, is meep, 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 meep. There goes the road runner. Like, yeah. I have no chance of even tackling him. It looked like he was the only one actually running at full speed. The rest looked like they were The sad walking. thing is, is that if they actually had a decent line, First of all, they're not using him enough anyway. No. He had 11 carries. I know. He should be carrying... What, what, he had almost 200 yards, didn't he? We had combined carries. well over 200 yards because he caught almost 100 yards of passes. <laughs> unbelievable. Yet he should be touching the ball 30 times a game. Well, other he has than, to. Other than Odell, and, and poor Eli can't throw the ball down the field more than 22 yards. So 
just give Saquon, the guy's indestructible. I mean, just give him the ball 30 times. So what do they do for the rest of the season? Because, well, they got nobody on the roster that can throw the ball at well, all. Well, here's, here's, I think, what they have to do. They basically need to do what McAdoo did. Okay, McAdoo got pilloried because how dare you remove Eli, and he had the yeah. streak, and this is terrible. They need to basically say to Eli, look, man, great run. You're, uh, there's going to be a statue of you. You won two Super Bowls, class, all class, but uh, it's not. You're 4-18, and 18, right, in your last 22 you're games. We're going to have to put, for now, we got to put the Richmond kid in. That made, We need to see what we've got, okay? And they probably don't have. Yeah. Kyle Lawletta is probably not the answer. <laughs> but you might as well. Now, here's the thing. Because the NFC East is kind of so mediocre, even at one in five, they're not mathematically out of it, but they're they're pathetic. Okay, it's they're in rebuild mode, and the the thing you got to rebuild is you got to find a quarterback. Yeah, you, you got. And I still here's now I want to know this. <laughs> a lot of people would say, and now they're the chorus is out. This is why you don't draft a running back. I still say. That was the right pick because Saquon is a transcendent player. And if you look, what's the Rams' formula? Good quarterback and great running back. They now have a, a great running defense. back. If you find a quarterback to go with him, yeah. you're, that's, that's the template. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. I think and, you have to have that. And it's not just a running back. In the modern league, the Alvin Kamara's of the world, the Saquon, it's a running back who's like, who's like Mar- Marshall Falk, catches the ball like a demon, right? Mm-hmm. The guy, he is incredibly versatile. That's what you need. Yeah. You don't need Adrian Peterson anymore. You no. need a guy that is multi-purpose, multi-tool, who's out catching eight passes. Saquon does all of that. He so does. I am Completely. not prepared to say that that was the wrong decision because you have to take a quarterback. You take them. I'm of the belief you take the most talented player on the board at the time you're there. And what if it's a punter? That's not possible. <laughs> For the most talented player could not be a punter unless it's the last it round and everybody else has been exhausted and you can't find another free agent to sign. Uh, well, there's a lot of people that would disagree with you because they would say, no, quarterback is such a premium position. It is so important. Well, agreed. But if the quarterback you're looking at, is it best a fourth round option? Then no. You don't take him in the first round because he's a fourth round quarterback. And I'm still, listen. I, I'm still not convinced. I think Sam Darnold is going to be a good quarterback. Okay? okay. I'm not convinced that Sam Darnold is going to be an elite, you know, top five QB. No. I, I mean, maybe. He hasn't, show, he hasn't shown that to me well, yet maybe. that he will be. I mean, he's talented. We'll um, but he's a rookie. So I think it's entirely defensible because it is very clear that in terms of his ability, Saquon Barkley, you know, NFL is a brutal sport. He mm-hmm. could get hurt next game. But if he stays healthy, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. I mean, the, his talent level... Are there level, people actually saying that Sam Donald should have been chosen by the Giants? Oh, absolutely. Oh, there's Why? tons of people that are saying that. Over, over certain... Absolutely. Over, they're, they're insane. These people don't know what they're talking about. I'm sorry. Well, what they're saying is, you take Sam Darnold, you take Baker Mayfield. I think it's probably between those two, because I don't think anybody right now is saying you should have taken Josh Allen or Rosen. Uh, But, oh, they're absolutely saying, this is why you take Sam Darnold. Even though, on paper, and in reality, Barkley's the best player, Mm -hmm. he's not at a position that is as valuable as quarterback. So you take a good quarterback over a transcendent running back. I don't, agree, I don't necessarily agree with that. Well, if you have Barkley on your team, then you have the option to trade him to somebody else for a quarterback if you have to. 
Well, but no, but that doesn't make sense. I mean, you can't draft well, a guy number two and then have your backup plan. We're going to trade him for a quarterback. No, no, I'm not saying it's your backup plan. But down the road, if you have Baker Mayfield as your quarterback, I don't think a lot of people come and call in at any time in the near future to say, hey, we'd like to give you five draft picks for Baker Mayfield. That's not happening. Or Sam Darnold. That's just not happening. You're not going to get it for – I mean, I don't think you're going to have what you had in Dallas in 89. Last question for you. Is Dallas on the clock for a new coach? Not until the end of the year. Okay. I mean, of course, they just housed, you know, the Jags, which I was teasing one of my buddies who's a huge Cowboys fan, mm-hmm. and he he is all in for get rid of Jason Garrett, get rid of Dak, because it's mm-hmm. not the answer. And I always tease him like, oh, that, that's bad for you, because now Jerry's going to be like, see? see? See what we can do? Fans want this. And so, they're, you know, they're an 8-8 eight and eight team. Um, uh, we'll see. I mean, Jerry. They could win the NFC East at 8-8. Eight and eight. I That's the sad I'm not, part. I'm not convinced that Jason Garrett's going anywhere. I'm not convinced. I mean, we'll see. I mean, it, it hurt him the whole we're going to punt. That was, that was not a good look. Yeah, when your owner doesn't understand why you're doing that, that's not yeah, good for you. But you're in the hot seat already. I, I think really, if they finish, you know, above 500, 9 and 7. Does he have to make the playoffs to keep his job? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Jerry's a pretty loyal guy. We'll see. Yeah, that's great. You can be a loyal guy, but you're not getting it done. It's not happening. So that's all I got, Tony. We've wow, gone way, way long, enough. but that was more than a boat. You know us. what? It was a, we had a two we had a week, week off. gap, so yeah, we had you, to you make get it more happen. more for your money. <laughs> yes, the money you're not giving us, you get more of it for right. this. More nonsense. We want to thank our caller earlier and remind you uh, 717-739-5432. 717-739-5432. We do like to get callers, even if they are uh, biologically related. I really to wish one of those. we would get more disagreeable callers. That would be more fun. Is there anybody in your family who would disagree with Oh, you? yes. Oh, yes, absolutely. Okay, then get them to call in. Then we'll, they call you, I'll call you Anthony, or it will be Tony to some of them? No. No, actually, when I say my family, it's more of my closer nuclear family. Uh, okay. Yes, yeah, so. Your wife's side of the family? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, but she, she would not call in. Not your wife, but anybody else No, on actually, her side? it would be my wife. Oh. Yeah, yes. Just, just record her and say, I just want to play this for the show. Which is fine. I always tell her, like, we don't have to agree on everything. That's okay. My wife and I don't agree on everything, and it's okay. Yeah, it's fine. But she will not be calling in. All right. Well, somebody else, you're welcome to call in. We'd love to hear it. Questions, uh, comments, let us know. Thanks for joining us. I'm Chad. I'm Tony. Good night. production.